welcome back to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. This is your host, Nancy, and today we'll be talking about the very dreaded subject of the jury. If you are anything like me, you have cried quite a few tears over the GRE. Hopefully you're not like me, Um, or maybe you're just starting out. Um, And for those of you who are just starting out, let's go over the basic format of what the GRE looks like. So there's a verbal section, a quantitative section, and an analytical writing section. The analytical writing section will come first in your test. It's comprised of two prompts. Those can be about analyzing an argument, analyzing a conclusion, um, defending an argument, um, those kinds of analytical things. Um, The two verbal, so verbal is going to be things like vocabulary and reading comprehension, and then quantitative, which is math, not my strong suit. Um, And another interesting thing about the math is that they only allow a four-function calculator. So that's a little bit different from the SAT and ACT, And it's definitely something you need to take into account while you're studying and preparing for the exam. Um, You know, don't be using a calculator that allows you to do square roots and squares or exponents because you won't be able to do that on the actual test with a calculator. Um, Truly evil, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, So when it comes to scoring, the analytical writing section is made up of six points, the verbal reasoning 170 points, and the quantitative reasoning also 170 points. So your GRE score, or what people always refer to, will be made up of the quantitative and verbal added together. Your analytical writing score is going to be separate, and some schools might actually not even require it, although that's not very common. Um, The last section of the GRE, which catches a lot of people by surprise, is the experimental section. What in the world is the experimental section, you may ask? (laughs) That is either a quantitative or verbal section that ECS is testing out on you, their free experimental subject, to see how you're going to do on those questions so that they can then use them in future tests. And the hardest thing about the experimental section is that it doesn't say, okay, here is the experimental section. Of course, because you wouldn't try as hard. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I just spent four hours on this test. Let's just pull through. Um, So they don't tell you when the experimental section is. So it could be the first section you take. It could be the last. You don't know. Um, And it also could be really easy or it could be really hard. I know for me, the first time I took the GRE, my speculation is that the first section was experimental and that it was... It was quantitative, and it was just so difficult, and it really burnt me off for the rest of the test because it just psyched me out so much. I felt like I wasn't prepared, and then I just kind of didn't do well on the rest of the test like I um, had done in the practice tests, and I really think it was because the experimental section really freaked me out. So, what constitutes as a good GRE score when you're applying to SLP schools? This is a very weighted question, and there's not necessarily a right answer to this, but I'm going to give you guys my best guess based on my own experiences, what scores my friends had, what schools they got into, and just what I've learned from the application process. So the average GRE score is a 300, Um, and my take is that having a 300 or higher is best when you're applying to schools. 
if you have lower than a 300, um, your options may be pretty limited. However, I will say, as I mentioned in the Perfect Applicant episode, there's no perfect formula. And so if you have a really great GPA and you have a great resume and you're really able to outweigh that low GRE score, there's no saying what you can do. Um, Balance is also important when looking at GRE scores. So if you have a pretty good balance between what your quantitative and verbal score are, that's a really good place to be because you're showing the application committee that you are adept at both math and English, which everyone looks for. So for example, if you have a 300 and you had a 150 on the verbal and a 150 on the quantitative, that's great. If you had a 140 on the, let's say quantitative and a 160 on the verbal, that's a great verbal score, but that's a really bad quantitative score. That's not necessarily gonna be as good. I'm not saying that you won't get to be able to get into school, but it's just something to take into account when you're assessing what your score is in comparison to others. So if you're looking at some relatively, I'm not going to say easy to get into, but I'm going to say you think you've got a great, you think you've got a good chance of getting into this program. Um, I would say having a score between the range of a 300 to a 308 Um, is a great place to start. Obviously, if you have higher, that's even better. Um, If you are applying to, let's say, you're like me and you're just crazy and you want to apply to the top programs in the country just to see what happens, (laughs) then you're probably going to want to break double digits. Um, And I say that because I think breaking double digits goes a long way. So that's a 310 and above. And I think that's when they really start to look at your scores because some of those top tier programs won't even look at you if you don't have above a certain GRE score. So I just take that into account just because I was applying to those top programs. However, if you are not, I would say don't sweat it. You don't have to have a 315 or some crazy high score. Um, so what to do if your quantitative score is bad? Actually, no, let's start with the beginners. If you are a beginner, you have not started preparing for the GRE yet, you're a little stressed, the very first thing I would do would be to go to Kaplan's website and take their practice GRE test. I don't believe that they have an analytical writing section or experimental section, but it's a pretty pretty good um, idea of how you would do on an actual GRE test. It's free. Um, it does take maybe three hours. So, you know, set some time aside, take it, see where you're at. Um, For those of you who are just so lucky and beautifully smart, you may find that you have a, you know, a 305 the first time that you take that practice test. And if that is the case, I would not worry about studying too much. I would say maybe just review a few things and you are good to go. If you are scoring below where you want to be, I would then recommend these tips. So if your quantitative is bad, I would highly recommend Manhattan Prep's five-pound book of GRE problems. I will note in this episode that I am not um, sponsored by any of these GRE Prep applications or books that I'm um, talking about. Obviously, my podcast is not blown up. I'm not super popular to be sponsored. 
Um, but if they want to sponsor me, tell them free, feel free to work, reach out. Um, so Manhattan Preps, Five Pound Book of Jerry Problems. Um, I'm going to also link all of these in my Instagram. The Manhattan Prep Book also has high advanced problems. Um, so if you are somebody who already has a great quantitative score, but you just want to push yourself even more, I would highly recommend getting the book and just you know, focusing on those high advanced problem skills. I didn't even look at that section because I knew I needed to cut my losses and I would not be able to do any sections in that part of the book, but it's up to you. Then I would recommend Magoosh. They have a six-month premium plan. It's $179. To those of you who say, whoa, that's kind of breaking the bank, um, I would definitely recommend books first. For me, I did do as many books as I could first, and it just didn't cut it, and so I ended up paying for Magoosh. It does sound like a lot of money, I won't lie, but in comparison to things like Kaplan or Princeton Review, where you're pushing on $400, $600, it's pretty good in comparison to that. So what to do if your verbal score is bad? First thing, um, I'm going to link a Quizlet in my Instagram that has over 500 GRE vocab words. I highly recommend using that Quizlet. I used it when I took my GRE and I got a really good score. Um, second thing I would recommend is keep a vocabulary journal. I know this sounds super nerdy, um, but it works. I did it and a lot of my friends did it. So what a vocabulary journal is, is anytime you are listening to the news, reading a book, reading an article for a class, and you say, hmm, I don't recognize that word. That's a really great opportunity. Write the word down. Look it up later when you get the chance. If you feel motivated enough, throw it in your own Quizlet. Um, and it's a great way to build up your repertoire of vocabulary words. Another thing about that vocab journal is, let's say you have a word that you think, okay, I recognize that word. I think I know that word. If you could not define that word to someone, I would still put it in your vocabulary journal. Um, for example, I came across the word chauvinistic, which is a pretty common word, but I thought to myself, okay, I don't totally know what that is, though. And so I added it to my vocab journal, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, with that in mind, obviously, knowing a bajillion vocab words is not going to be what makes you ace the test because, you know, there are too many vocabulary words in the world for you to know which one you're going to come across on the jury. But I will say, once you've looked and memorized enough GRE vocabulary words, you kind of get an idea of the pattern of what words will look like and what, you know, a certain word looks like mean, you might be able to tell what the meaning is, especially if you learn those prefixes and suffixes. Um, so the second thing I would recommend is Magoosh. Again, it's the same plan. They have over 1,200 problems. I really like it as well because and again, I'm not sponsored. <laughs> I like it as well because it is online, and so the GRE is also online, and so it's kind of the same format. Um, and then the last thing I'll recommend is Kaplan's GRE Verbal Workbook. Um, I will link that again in my Instagram. That one's really great. I did it. I did the whole thing because um, I'm crazy. So what to do if your analytical writing is bad? 
first thing that I would do would be read something like the New York Times, Washington Post, wherever you get your news from, because those articles are going to be the kind of things that you're going to be writing for the analytical writing section. Um, And then second thing, of course, just practice again with Magoosh writing prompts. Or if you just look up um, online free GRE analytical writing prompts, tons of things come up. So that's another great thing as well. It does take a lot of time. So, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing like hundreds of prompts, but like if you do a couple, I think it will really help you to better prepare yourself. So for those of you who have already taken it, maybe you've taken it once, maybe you've taken it twice, um, and you're saying, I can't improve my score. I can't improve my score. Um, That stinks. That's the worst feeling when you've taken it so many times and you're still not getting that better score. So my first thing that I would recommend to you is be honest with yourself. Did you take it once and not study that hard or take it twice and kind of study pretty hard, but you had a lot of stuff going on and so you couldn't really focus on studying that much? Um, Is that the kind of situation you're in? Because in that case, I think it would be worth it to retake the GRE um, and study harder or study differently. Um, Another thing I would ask yourself is, is this score a 300 or lower? So if you've taken this multiple times and you cannot break that 300, first thing is that the world is not over. <laughs> a lot of people have absolutely abysmal GRE scores and they get into graduate school and they become amazing speech language pathologists because hopefully, as you already know, a standardized test is not what makes you an amazing therapist. Um, So consider applying to programs where they don't value GRE scores as much or maybe they're a little bit of an easier program to get into. And then the second thing I would recommend to you if you just can't break that 300 is to apply to programs that don't require GRE scores. And there are actually a lot of programs that do this. Um, And I think a lot of times it's easy to think to yourself, oh, they don't require a GRE score. They must not be a very good program. Or they're not a they they don't require GRE scores. They must not be very competitive, and that is actually not the case at all. I don't know if any of you guys follow Easy Speechy on Instagram. I do, and she has a podcast as well. And she actually went to a program that did not require GRE scores. Um, so there are a lot of really amazing programs that don't require GRE scores, and it's a great way to still be able to follow your dreams without this roadblock of a GRE score standing in your way. Um, so that's actually all I have for today when it comes to the GRE. I really hope that it was helpful to you guys. Um, as always, if you have any questions or any concerns or anything that you want to talk to me about, please feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram at sunshine speechy, um, and throw me a follow as well. Um, I really hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast and I hope you all have a great day and that you're all staying safe and healthy. So with that, goodbye.